Hello and welcome to the second episode of Greenwich Mind Time, a new podcast where we're inviting students and staff to join us in opening up the conversation surrounding mental health. My name's Emma Dowley and I'm the events coordinator for the University of Greenwich Mind Society, which is a student-led group dedicated to creating an open and safe space to chat about mental health. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by the Vice-Chancellor of the University, Professor Jane Harrington. So, Professor Harrington, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Emma. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, before we get started, I wonder if you could just introduce yourself and maybe give a brief overview of what the role of Vice-Chancellor actually is and what your kind of key responsibilities are. That's absolutely fine, Emma. I, yeah, as, as you've already said, I'm the Vice-Chancellor of the University and in effect that's the it's the equivalent of the CEO of an organisation because the Chancellor's role is actually one that's ceremonial so so my role is to, is basically I'm in charge of the University and I'm in charge for everything that happens within it uh, that, which means I'm responsible for the st strategic direction of the University, I'm responsible for overall responsible for all the staff and students, I'm responsible for everything that you would do have to do in an organization so the human resources finance estates um and the operational side and and that's pretty much it really i mean some <laughs> people describe universities as a bit like a small village because we have so many staff and students here at any one time so mm. it can, can be quite a complex operation but it's a very ex exciting and rewarding one as well yeah I can imagine thank you that was really helpful um so at Mind Society we know that there are students who are proud to share their mental health experiences and struggles with others um and are open about how challenging it can be to manage their mental health while they're studying um but we also know that this isn't the case for everyone um and according to the charity mind two out of three students feel down at some point during their studies over 50 percent of students don't feel comfortable admitting to someone else that they're not coping and 27 percent of students report experiencing a mental health problem at university so i was just wondering Jane, you've been in the higher education sector for over 25 years, I believe. Um, how important is it to you that universities support the mental well-being of a diverse student body like we have at Greenwich? Mm -hmm. Well, the short answer is I think it's really, really important. Um, I mean, you just quoted some quite scary statistics. And I also would uh, add to those that, you know, 50 percent of mental health problems start by the age of 14 and 50% of school leavers go to university. So therefore, it, it, the role that universities play is hugely important and shouldn't ever mm -hmm. be underestimated. And we know that there's a whole range of factors for why people have mental health illness or mental health issues, you know, that could be about them as an individual, interpersonal issues, community, environment, structural. But we have to be really honest and say, you know, university settings have large numbers of young people and we will and they provide both positive and negative effects on student mental health. So I think mm. the importance for me is that we recognize that one of, you know, one of these areas is is ourselves and we play a big part in that. And we have to play a part in the whole, looking at the whole system. So the role that the NHS plays, the role that schools play, the role that colleges play. I think we have to recognize that universities are one of the sort of wide range of provision that we should be at when we ha and we all have a role to play 
and that includes the NHS, it includes schools, colle colleagues, employers, the wider society, and of course, actually, it also includes the government. I think it's really important that governments, especially departments for health and social care, but also others are important because what they can do is connect the different sectors, provide funding and strategic direction. And I think those it's really important that we don't forget that connection is what can mm. make the difference. Yeah, I think it's really, um, yeah, I think that point you make about um, the, the bigger picture is really important because um, because you're right, it does, you know, it does... Um, all these things do intersect and and you know even um when we're talking about uh within universities i feel like it's important to recognize that it it's not just counseling and well-being services that are supporting students that support comes from um can sometimes come from other students themselves and it can come from academic staff and students unions yeah absolutely and i think i think it would be a huge mistake for us to think it was just well-being well-being departments because I think they, they play a massively important role but what they're often doing is picking up students in crisis whereas yeah. actually I think we have a much bigger role to play in prevention and etc that would be way before you ever get to that point. Yeah absolutely um, so when I was kind of um, just following on from that point when I was sort of doing just a little bit of research um, for this um, I found an article that was actually published last month in the Higher Education Research and Development Journal, which was on a study into academics' perceptions and experiences of working with students with mental health problems across the UK higher education sector, so across a range of different institutions. And according to the results of this survey, um, sorry, the study, they said that um, there's a conflict between academics' general willingness to work with and talk to students about mental health problems versus a lack of information, time and skills to do so. Um, and it goes on to say that academics are generally not trained in making assessments mm. about mental health, um, but students' preference to talk to someone they know and trust alongside long wait times for student mental mm. health support services inside and outside university kind of puts academic staff on a bit of an invisible front line so I feel like that really ties in with what you're just saying about how if um you know if services have these really long wait times um then that can uh, have an effect on students yeah absolutely and I also think we have I think sometimes we talk about it as we always assume it's about mental ill health and it's about the moment where you're in crisis Whereas actually there's a huge amount we can do, you know, it's on a spectrum. So there's a huge amount that we can do before that happens. And I, I do agree with you. I think students, student to student plays a huge part in that as well. And, and I, actually, if you look at the work that we've been doing around mental health first aid training, that is precisely for that reason, to actually give people the, both the skills and the tools, but also the confidence. And mm. I think importantly to know when they can't help, when they need to pass it on to someone else. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, well, see, you actually answered the question I was going to ask you, which was um, to do with mental health first aid training, because that's actually one of the recommendations that this study gave was um, was about mental health first aid training. So I think that's um, I think that's brilliant that, you know, as a student, I think um, I think that's brilliant that, our, that staff at the university are um, because that can be, you know, for staff's own mental health you know perhaps that's quite um that's perhaps yeah. sometimes quite difficult for them as well 
it's as important for staff as it is for students you're absolutely right and i think it and i think it's it i think it's something that is really important to do but it's also because it also breaks down that stigma that mm. mental health only affects some people or it's something you don't talk about so i think it's really helpful yeah and and yeah like you said before that it's only something that um that is you know you're either you're either okay or you're at a crisis point and you know as you say I think um I think thinking of it as a spectrum is a really um a really good way of thinking about mental health um that you know it can vary day to day and that we all have mental health Mm, absolutely um so you mentioned the mental health first aid training um I was just wondering what else do you think that as a university um that Greenwich does really well in terms of supporting student or staff mental health i think we do i think we do a lot well um i think you know we've got a really first of all we've got a really committed group of people that work on this and i think we i certainly would want to thank the well-being team and the mental health champions because they're fantastic Mm -hmm. and they do an amazing amount of work so i know i've said that we don't you can't just rely on those teams they also are really important We've followed what we've done at Greenwich is we've followed a whole university approach to mental health. And that comes from some of the latest recommendations from University UK and Student Minds. And shall I give you some highlights, Emma? Would that be that would, Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. First of all, we've committed from the, from the senior leadership from the very top and recognise that, as, we, as we've already talked about, actually, that we all have mental health and that for some people and for many some of the time, that can be poor. And if we don't actually help support people, it can turn into some a crisis or you know, much more problematically. So for me, it's about that we all need to, we all need to be, feel that it, we can talk about our mental health mm. and, and we need to also be aware, learn how to listen when people talk. And I think that's really important. And we need to be really alert to someone who's behaving differently from from usual how we can do that but so that's that's some of the work that we've been doing we've got this university-wide strategy that set out our ambitions of what we want to achieve and then within that we've got a health and well-being strategic group and we've got there we've got members across the whole university which ties in with what you were saying about academics not always feeling they're involved but importantly for me Greenwich Student Union is also part of that group. So that brings together the whole different strands across the university. And we look at, as you rightly said, actually, at the beginning, it's not just about the wellbeing team. So we look at wellbeing in the curriculum. We look at staff wellbeing. We look at supporting international students, just as some examples. Mm. And for me, I think it's having the student union working with us as because they're experts by experience. And I think that's that makes that makes a big, big difference. We've also got we've got a project that's been embedding well-being into the curriculum, and we've been doing that. We're working with um, Advance HE, which is a sector organisation, and as I've already said, we've got mental health first aid training. And in fact, the first three months I was here, I went on that training myself. So you know, it's really important that we all do that. Mm. And I think the other thing, Emma, you'll be aware, given your role. We've been working with Mind Charity and running various workshops for our students. So we're so really we've been we've been trying to look at this as a holistic, strategic piece of work that we that we all need to be engaged with. Yeah, and I think 
I mean, from a student perspective, that all um, all those things you've just said, and especially um, sort of hearing that it's being approached, um, you know, with a kind of integrated holistic um, approach. I just think that's for me. I've, I I find that really um, sort of reassuring to know that it's. Um, as we were saying that just that staff and um you know throughout the university it's being considered just on a sort of almost like a day-to-day you know um mm-hmm. and that it's um being uh thought about from everything from you know the curriculum to you know thing involving the students union um so yeah i think that sounds um it sounds like there's a lot of work going on that maybe that maybe we students don't know about all the time um, but I think certainly there's a lot that we do. I remember the workshops being um, advertised um, earlier in the year, for example. Yeah, but that is an important point you've made. And I would say that's something that we need to really work on to do better, is to make sure that we don't just do all these things, but we communicate them and they're very, very accessible. So people don't have to worry about where they would find something or how they would access what we do. They, you know, they know that there's a site or there's a person and it's much more, it's much more overtly obvious to them. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, Particularly, I think particularly if you, um, I think there's, there's quite a lot of statistics around, um, you know, that lots of, um, lots of people experience mental health issues for the first time when they come to university. Mm. So, and, you know, maybe away from home as well. So I think that visibility and accessibility of those things, um, as you say, is really important because, you know, um, it means that people can, um, look into that service or that workshop and decide, um, you know, decide if that's the right thing for them. Um, and, you know, especially because um, as one of the statistics I gave earlier, you know, if half of students don't feel comfortable telling, you know, a friend or a member of staff that they're not coping or that they're struggling, then um, I think that makes the the accessibility and the approachability of, of the things that the university is doing just so, you know, so important. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so you kind of already um, kind of already covered um, sort of an area that um, that perhaps um, you know the university is looking to improve or um, could improve in terms of um, advertising those services and that work. I just wondered, is there um, perhaps anything? And sorry if I'm putting you on the spot. Is there perhaps anything that you've seen that works really well at other universities that um, that that um, could be implemented at Greenwich? Yes, I mean, there, there is. I think there's, to be honest, there's always things we can learn from each other. And I think I'm a big fan, actually, of going and looking at what other universities do and making sure that we take the best of what they do and then adapt it for us. Because mm. I think that's, that's what, you know, really makes you great and makes a difference. If, you, if you're not afraid to say, that actually, that someone is doing something better. I mean, one example I give you, I was at um, University of West of England, Bristol, before I came here. And we had a real issue there where most of our counsellors were not as diverse as our student body. Mm. And we really struggled to get particularly counsellors for black male students where because they, they weren't seeking support. And yet we knew from surveys and from but from pieces of work we'd done that actually they they did need to, but they felt it was 
that a they didn't feel there was someone who was like themselves they could talk to and secondly they didn't feel they felt it was a huge stigma attached to talking and so we worked with an outside group who specialized in reaching particularly um, male black young people and that actually made quite a big difference so I think there's things like that we could really learn from mm -hmm. about how do you if you can't diversify your workforce yourself can you use other groups that can help you do that and actually start to break down some of those stigmas because I do think that's a really big issue for some groups. Yeah that sounds and actually that ties in with um with a lot of the conversations I had with uh, Louise in the first episode of this podcast that's um really sort of echoes um, a lot of the things she said and that sounds like something that's really important for Greenwich particularly where we have yeah. we know we have such a diverse student population um, and you know being a London university and being such an um, such an international university as well um, yeah that sounds you know equally as important yeah I, I think it's really important because I think I think otherwise we end up actually thinking that we're doing really well but missing groups of students that actually don't feel they're being supported. So I think we have to really look long and hard at that. Mm. So it's about representation in, in support as much as is the support there. A absolutely. Yeah, I, I would share that view. Okay. Um, so something that I was really keen to talk to you about is, um, so obviously the university has announced that when the new term starts in September, um, there's going to be a blended teaching model, um, which is going to combine face-to-face -face sessions on campus with online lectures. And if students can't come to campus for any reason, for example, if they're shielding or if they're unable to return to the UK, then all the lectures and course materials are going to be available online. Now, Obviously, online teaching has been and, and will be a new challenge for everyone, um, staff and students, I'm sure. Um, and there are bound to be concerns about how that's going to work, but also concerns about the effect that the reduced time on campus is going to have on, on mental health. And this mm. is something that may affect those with pre-existing mental health conditions, so such as yeah. anxiety and depression, but also you know, students or staff who might just be worried about becoming isolated and feeling lonely. So, I mean, is there anything that the university is um, putting into place um, to try and combat that risk of students becoming isolated while we're spending less time on campus and more time at home? Yeah, well, we've been thinking really long and hard about this because I think this be all of our concerns. And I think, and we do know, don't we, from all of the evidence that actually the the move from online to, I'm sorry, from campus to online for everybody has caused, has, well, what it's done is it's where people have mental health issues. It's probably, it's made those more apparent, I think. So we've been, so what we've been doing in terms of our preparation is really trying to look at everything through the lens of health, safety, and well-being. We've, we've said very clearly that's our overall priority and mm. it always will be. So we must look at everything from that perspective i mean the first thing we did was we we've extended the offer to um of access to the big white wall which has now changed its name by the way to together all <laughs> and that's been extended to all current but also really importantly to all prospective students because we're very concerned that there's a group of young people who might feel there's a gap at the moment so that's that's one area i mean that that provides a safe space for students it provides access to tools and courses um, in terms of all of our counselling, 
our mental health, our disability and our dyslexia services will be off we will continue to offer remotely, but we're also planning on having um, some campus offering of those as well. And we're also planning on for all appointments that are requested that they can be face to face or remotely to try to help with that. And we're also going to run a whole range of workshops for students on tools and techniques for students' mental health, on well-being essentials for students. So we're very conscious, really, that we need to do, do as much as we can. I think the other area we're very conscious about is some of the anxiety that students have got around other factors, because we know that there's a whole range of things that determine your mental health. So the things that we've been putting in place around bursaries and scholarships for those who are particularly anxious about their finances, um, commuter bursaries for those where that would really help, and also the accommodation promise are just things that we're trying to do to because if we can alleviate some of those stresses, then we might be able to help with the others. And mm. the final thing I'd say is actually the Greenwich Student Union have been fantastic in working with us on how do you provide for people who either can't come in or can only come in some of the time or, or when they do come in have to socially distance how do you provide societies and activities where in both physical space and a virtual space and they've been they've been really adapting what they do to provide that because I'm also very conscious that one of the things that will help support students and help with some of the issues we've talked around mental health is where they feel they're still part of a community and their identity. So we've been working very hard on that as well. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's funny you should um, that you well, not funny, I suppose, but you know, you mentioned the word community there, and I think my favourite thing about Greenwich and that I felt from day one is that it always feels like a community. You know, um, mm. and and I think that's. I think probably that's true for a lot of students. And I know certainly for me um, is, is I, I mean, I suppose I, I'm just worried that I won't get that, that, that won't be there this year, you know. And um, as I say, I'm on the, the Committee for Mind Society and it's been a really big challenge for us to try and think about how we adapt what we would normally do mm. for, um, for such... Um, for a year when every student situation is going to be different and it sounds like that's what the university is trying to keep in mind you know um and yeah, yeah. sorry go on no I was just gonna say we're trying really hard and I don't know if it helps to reassure you but I am um, I think you know I only arrived here on the um, 2nd of December so by the time we went online I, there's lots of people I hadn't yet met and didn't know and actually what's been interesting is I probably feel closer to the teams that I work with now than I did previously because we've met far more often and we've had and actually some of the interactions that we've had are richer and so I think I think what we have what I'm trying to what I need trying to get people to sort of move their I feel like change your mindset to think actually there's there are some challenges and it will feel different mm. but the flip side is there might be some opportunities too you might get some more one-to-one -one time or you might, when you actually do, if you come on campus meeting groups, that time might feel more more personal, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think, but I, I nobody could pretend it won't feel different. But I'm, I'm hopeful that it will feel different, but it will also feel supportive and you'll still have that sense of community because that's, for me, is really important as well. 
it's, mm. part, it's what I think is Greenwich's real strength. Yeah, and I and I I definitely think a lot of you know staff and students I've spoken to feel the same. So mm. um, yeah, it's really reassuring to um, to hear that you know so much is being thought about and planned over the summer. Well, and I'm sure you know even before that um, to you know try and make sure that that is still still there next year you know for students coming back but also for students starting you know where they're, mm-hmm. they're going to be starting university in such exceptional circumstances oh I, um, I agree and we've we've got th- marquees going up on each of the campuses that to um, enable us to actually have some proper welcome events because because we're all really conscious of exactly what you're saying there Emma yeah well, that's that's really good to know, and I'm sure that um, I'm sure that if there are any uh, um, new students listen to this, that that will be really reassuring for them. Um, so, Jane, just to conclude our discussion today, um, can I ask you to share one top tip for staying mentally well? And I feel like um, this is a bit of a regular feature that we're trying <laughs> to make of the um, episodes, and it. It sort of occurred to me this week that actually this is probably the best time or, you know, this year to be sharing the things, just the small things that work for people, because we are in, you know, such mm. we're, st- we're still in really challenging times and things are real, still really strange. So it'd be really good to sort of collect these little tips from everyone on what what <laughs> people have been finding helpful. Uh, do you want to t- do you want a top tip from me? about the sort of current situation or a broader top tip um I think either is helpful so I'll leave that up to you right I'm going to give you a broader one then I tell you because someone told me this years ago and it's and it served me very well my whenever you get to an assignment or particularly in the final year if you've got a big piece of work to do and I think that's when you start to act for many people, that's when their anxiety and their some of their mental health issues can really come to the fore because the tendency is to just see it as a peace and panic. And my top tip would be not is first of all break it down into really tiny manageable tasks. And each time you finish one of those, give yourself a break. And it might only be a half an hour break, but give yourself a break and reward yourself for doing that. And the reward could be small. It might just be you're going to allow yourself to have a glass of orange juice or you're going to ring a friend or, you know, you're going to go and walk around the park or whatever it is. But but I think for anybody, and it doesn't matter who it is, if you end if you try to tackle a big piece of work all in one go, it will be overwhelming. And if you're prone to having mental health issues and anxiety, it'll feel even worse. So I think that would be my my top tip is Break it down into small tasks, do one at a time and give yourself a reward in between and and remind yourself of how well you're doing as you go, as you're getting through it. Well, that's, I mean, I'm going into my final year and that's definitely something <laughs> I'm going to be trying to remember um, when I'm, you know, got staring down the face of my very long assignments. Um, yeah, I think that sounds, that makes total sense because I think, I think it's really easy when you've got a big task to just stick, you know, sit glued to the computer or, you know, whatever you're working in and like not move for hours on end and not really getting anything done. Absolutely. Or clean your flat excessively <laughs> because or clean your room because suddenly that cleaning looks very attractive. Yeah. Anything else but, but that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, um, 
thank you so much for joining me today, Jane. Um, uh, we I feel like we covered um, we covered a lot, and I, I mean, I certainly feel um, like I'm aware, just aware of a lot more that the university is doing, or you know, it does normally, but also particularly coming up to the this year that's going to be a bit different. Um, so I hope that um, any other students listening have found that really helpful as well. Um, and also just, you know, having a conversation about mental health with the Vice-Chancellor, I think is, um, you, for me, I feel like that's just really important because I feel like we, we're talking about it more than we were five years ago or 10 years ago. Mm. And, and I think just um, often, I think just being in an environment where people talk about it or you see a poster for a mental health workshop, sometimes that's all you need to feel like it's it's okay to talk about these things and you know that that you're in an environment that's supportive of yeah. that and you're quite right Emma and I would say thank you to you because of course podcasts like this help as well because somebody may just hear this and it may just be the thing they need to trigger them to get some support thank you for listening to Greenwich Mind Time if you've enjoyed this podcast please tell your friends help us get the word out on social media And of course, keep an eye out for the next episode. If you're a University of Greenwich student, you can find out more about Mind Society at greenwichsu.co.uk forward slash societies forward slash UG Mind Society.